WBA TV radio seeks to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Today I'm still on my summer tour, and I really appreciate you praying for me, Brad. Listen, today we have the honor of hosting someone from Cleveland, Ohio. This is Pastor Shirley Camp. How are you doing, Miss Camp? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Doing this well today. <laughs> If you don't mind, uh, Pastor, sharing with the bride, uh, where is it that you pastor and how are you affiliated with that ministry? Well, I pastor from Cleveland, Ohio and the surrounding suburbs. And let's see, I'm affiliated with the ministry through my sister, Barbara Williams. And I think we were kind of called at the same time to do the same work. Which is wow. uh, an unusual. It's an unusual thing, but God does unusual things. Yeah. So I'm, most, I'm so honored to be called to be by her side to, you know, welcome in the bride, and it's exciting. Oh. Yes, Lord, Amen. Now, listen. We would love to hear your testimony of how God uh, brought you to the point He is there. Now, listen, bride. When I was there uh, in Toledo, Ohio, interviewing Apostle Williams. Uh, Miss Camp and uh, Miss Williams, they have a huge following, uh, people that have actually partnered with them, and uh, they believe in this mission. So I just want to tell you all firsthand that I was there to see it for myself, and I was very impressed with what uh, God was doing there. So... If you don't mind uh, sharing with us, what is the ministry about? And then secondly, if you don't mind being transparent with the bride and telling them what God did to take you from where you was to where you are now. Well, I think it was in the early 80s, and I I was a Baptist, not putting, you know, putting that down, but I was right, we all were. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, I was in a in a place in my life where I just cried out for more. You know, I would sit there during service and I had heard all of the the same things over and over again and I would sit there and think, God, there has to be more. And so yes. I went around asking everybody, I would ask people, Is there more? 
isn't there more? And I asked my mother-in-law one time, and she says, oh, no, I think you just sit here and you serve God on the pew until you die. And I just could not receive that. You know, something on the inside of me. Amen. There was a hunger on the inside of me for more. And so that word more stuck with me. And one day I, I got up the nerve to go to my pastor's wife, and I asked her, was there more? And she told me no, you know, not what? to get ahead of God. <laughs> yeah, not to get ahead of God. And so I was oh, man. depressed about that. And, you know, I just wanted more, wanted more, because I knew that the road that I, I was going on with my family, I had three children and a husband, I could give them more and to show them more because I always thought that God had more exciting things for us to do and so I went on this quest for more and so one day I just cried out to God and I said God is there more can you give me more and he told me I'm going to move you and those were his words and that's all I had to go on but it was enough because I went on this quest for God and before I knew it the Lord told me to put my house on the market for sale, and and I did. What? And everything, yeah, and everything that uh, God told me to do, my husband, some kind of way through the power of the Lord, he agreed with it. And I said, I think we should put our house on the market. We have been in this house almost seventeen years, and he says, okay, I, I want to move. And everything I told wow. him, I thought the Lord said he followed through, and so we wind up moving. Uh-huh. And see, yeah, and see the the where I was living, it was right on the corner of the street. I mean, the corner of the church that we were going. And I later found out God was moving me away from there, away from the whole traditional scene, and moving me into a place that I knew not, but it was a comfortable place. But long story yeah. short, um, I was trying to get back to the church one Sunday. We had moved. And it took us longer because we were now like in a, a better suburb. And I was trying to get back to the traditional church, and my car stopped right in the middle of the street. Wouldn't start. My husband worked overtime on Sunday, so I couldn't call him. And um, my two sons and my daughter was in the car, and they were teenagers, the boys. And so I said, we got to get to church. We're going to be late. And they just told us, told me, we don't want to go there anymore. And so I said, well, what are we going to do? And they said, we're going to, we looked across the street. We stopped in the front of a church. And they said, we can pull into that, that place if you guide the car. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. Then what are we going to do? Are we going to walk home? And they said, no, we're going to go right in that church right there. And I said, we don't know those people. Oh, you should have saw the tantrum that I threw. <laughs> I <And> <laughs> We So I got in, and I I was under their command because they were big old teenage boys pushing this car, and I had to do what they told me to do. So we turned the car, <laughs> yeah. we turned the car around. We were in the middle of the intersection, and there was this one big spot for my car. And they pushed me, and we, we pushed right in, pulled right in, and we went into this church, and I was oh. reluctant. And that started my new life with Christ because, Unbeknowing to me, that was my sister, Pastor Barbara Williams' church that she was going to. 
What? And I did, yeah, and I didn't know it. But wow. my daughter, my daughter was 11 years old, and she kept saying, "Mom, mom, this is Barb's church." And I said, "No, it isn't. How do you know?" I came here with her one time, and I remember the one time I broke tradition and let her go and visit with Pastor Barb to another church. And she told me, she says, I really liked it here. And I said, well, you never told me. So the people, we were kind of late. It was like noon, close to noon. But I didn't know this church didn't start until noon. And when we walked in, the usher says, oh, I have a good place for you. She said, you guys will have to split up a little bit. And I said, it's okay. And they set me right beside the pastor's wife. And the choir had just started to sing, and those songs ministered to my heart. And I knew when I heard the ministry of the Holy Spirit speaking to me that I would never go backwards, but I would go forward in God, and he had great things for me. And he gave me more. He started to release more to me in my life, and it's just been a blessing ever since. So he ministered. Uh, one thing, I received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit after that. Uh, after church, Pastor Barb was so surprised. She said, what are you guys doing here? And I said, my car stopped on me in the in, right in front of the church in the middle of the street. But, of course, when we got back in the car after church, there was nothing wrong with my car. And so God just, you know, impressed upon me how sweet the Holy Spirit was, and I began this quest for more, and I started to study the Holy Spirit and to go deeper into the knowledge and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and that's where God took me. And so it's just been a wonderful thing ever since I wound up preaching about the Holy Spirit all the time, not knowing that I would have any kind of deep uh, understanding about the Holy Spirit, but, it, but, you know, God takes you the way he wants you to go. And yeah. so I started to travel with my sister, Barb. She was doing, uh, she was uh, on the the panel, I think, of a Women's Glow. And I think she yes, was like. Yes, we've a, all done Women's Glow. Right. And uh-huh. she was on the staff. She was on the staff there. And so oh. she started to teach through Women's Glow. She started to teach Bible studies. And then she uh, taught a Bible study in my home, and I opened my doors. And, you know, this thing, of uh, uh, the freedom of the Holy Spirit was so awesome for me. I was just so, I was just amazed at how much liberty and freedom there was in the Holy Spirit. You get your needs met. You know, God could just meet your needs and just make you feel so complete, even though you had trials and tribulations in your life. And so it was just a wonderful ride. And so uh, God has just blessed me to have a deeper knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Then I started to administer the Holy Spirit because I became baptized in the Holy Spirit at one of the aglow meetings. And the devil fought me tooth and nail uh, on my tongue. It it was so, it was just, just horrible. You know, because, of course, the devil lies to you all the time, and he told me, you're never going to get it. And, you know, I I did receive it one time, and then I lost it, or however you would put it, because I I could never go back to that place where I could bring forth my language. And so little did I know God was teaching me then on the problems, you know, people would have in this lifetime receiving the Holy Spirit. 
because there's yeah. so much confusion and there's not yeah. enough wisdom in how to lead people into that new uh, capacity of the spirit. And so God just taught me how. And I've been, it's just been a wonderful thing. Yeah. So you have so been, should I continue? Since you have discovered the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, how was your husband? Did he receive Well, it? how did that happen? No. Well, he didn't. As a matter of fact, when I received the Holy Spirit and, and started to receive more of God, yeah. he was just, you know, and I had the, the prayer meeting in my house and, you know, he would kind of, I would see him running. He would come home from work. I would have his dinner done. And uh, it became, it was so crowded, I had to go to the basement for more room because it was that many women. And I would see his wow. feet coming in the side door. <laughs> I would see his feet sneaking in, you know, from the garage. <laughs> he would go in the kitchen yeah. and get his, get his plate. And he started tiptoeing around a lot more. And yeah. pretty soon, to be honest with you, he he start well God really exposed him because when the Holy Spirit came in my house I laid hands on all of my children and they received immediately and then I was oh. going around and, and Yeah, my and my daughter, she was about twelve at this time. She yeah. received my uh son Ryan who was in ministry with us. Uh he raps he's a rapper, he raps for the Lord. And he, um, God just put it on him to start to travel with Pastor Barb and myself. And he received, and then my oldest son uh, finally received when he was about 18. And I just told him, it's time for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And I asked him, did he want it? And he said, yeah, I laid hands on him, and he received. And so now it's everybody in the house, everybody in the house with power, and then there's my poor <laughs> husband. <laughs> and, oh. and so he started running. He started to run. And yeah. so uh, eventually he ran out of the house. And um, oh, it was a, a very 20 year later, uh, which uh, he's still not in the house yet, but God said, you know, has uh, delivered him because come to find out the Holy Spirit exposed his drug use because he was a Vietnam veteran went through um, post-traumatic stress syndrome and didn't oh, want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, I yeah. knew he was having a problem sleeping and having nightmares, and he would jump up in the middle of the night. But, you know, God exposed that through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy yeah. Spirit's been working on him, you know. So it did uh, cause him to leave the home, and, you know, we prayed and prayed and prayed, and, and about 11 years later, he got delivered off drugs and alcohol really because he really wasn't a drinker but uh he got delivered and set free but um he still hasn't confessed christ to me and to other people but i know that he knows god because he he is pro the ministry of the watchman and anything that we do he's always for it and he supports it yeah and when people would call the house, he would wake me up and say, hey, you got to wake up and pray for so-and-so. You know, they they need prayer. They're sick. And so he would always show signs of um, agreement in what we were doing, but he never wanted to really participate. 
So we're still we're still God, working God. on that. We yes. we're still working on that. But God has has assured me that He would save him, and I know that He will. And so, um, you know, yes. but He's pro anything that we do, and He acts oh, pretty much like He 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 acts like He understands everything that we're doing. And I yes. know there's been a lot of deaths in his family and a lot of sickness. And I know every time somebody gets sick, he always makes sure that he tells me, you know, well, so-and-so needs prayer or please pray for my mom. His mother almost died uh, here about eight years ago. And Pastor Barb and, and I went to the hospital and ministered to her, and those doctors put a feeding tube in her and didn't give her much hope. But she's 86 yeah. years old, and she's walking around just as healthy as we are, you know. And so oh. I know that, yeah, what God is doing in this family is working. And, yeah. you know, and so I'm expecting more and more because God told me that he would give me more. See, we can't ask God for more than what he can give us. You know, he can give us exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask, and we can't out-ask him because we can't, out- hey, we can't out-think him. And so yeah. as much as we can hold, as much as we can receive, you know, we need to get our dwarf minds, you know, opened up for for the capacity in which God can give us because there is no limit to what God can, you know, give us. As much as we can receive, he can give he he yeah. never runs out of his Well before uh, you go any further before you before you go any further, uh, I would love to just stop here and take a moment and pray. And listen, Bride, um let's all come together in agreement for total victory of her family, okay? Amen. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank we you, thank Jesus. you, Lord, that you have brought her on this broadcast, Lord, for such a time as this. We thank you, Lord, that there is no distance in the spirit, Lord. And the bride is coming together in agreement right now, declaring that every mountain set against this thing, every stronghold broken in Jesus' name, taking the scales off the husband's eyes, off of the mother-in-law's eyes, and the healing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the fullness of the destiny flowing in this family, Lord, on the children, on her, on her husband, on his family, Lord, the extended family. We call it out right now in Jesus' name, that greatness for all of the dry bones to come up and rise up and to be in the army of the living God that you have called them to be. There is no time to waste. It is time for us to get up and march. So we're coming together in agreement, believing you, God. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you give a revelation to the husband that only you can. You created him. We're just coming together in agreement with heaven that it shall be done and that he shall be everything and all hindrances broken, all the chains and goats broken in Jesus' name, letting him see you clearly, letting him hear you clearly. In Jesus' name, we thank you, and it is done. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right, Pastor, now let me ask you this. Uh, We ask all of the ministers on the broadcast uh, to release what it is that they're hearing from uh, the Holy Spirit about current day events. If you don't mind talking to the bride specifically in America, 
What would you say to them? Uh, would you give them an exhortation, a warning? What is it that you would say to them about things to come in the very near future? Well, I would say to the the people who can hear my voice and those in America that they need to come back to God. You know, yes. there's a, uh, I believe there's a place in God where he is restoring his people, and I believe he is calling those who have never even served him. There's coming an intimacy and, and restoration to the body of Christ to even come back because there's a lot who are in the body have kind of fallen away in their intimacy with God. And so I see him calling back the bride and calling those to, to pray, calling them back to prayer and repentance. Yes. You know, and this country needs prayer and repentance. You yes, know, to, to I'm become, on Amen, to become yes, unified. Amen, to become unified because I believe that there was a certain unity in the spirit in this country um, yeah. when our forefathers formed, you know, the Constitution and all of these legal documents that uphold this country. And I believe in some way these people were unified. And we, as we all know, especially in the, in the latter years, We've all fallen away into our own, yes, uh, yes. you know, youthful lust and do, and just, you know, trying to make all of the money that we can make and, you know, um, just being a, a divided country with so many uh, different gods that people are serving. But yes. I know that the voice of the Lord through the Holy Spirit is saying, come. You know, the, the, oh, the bride is calling um you know, the, the spirit is calling to the bride to come back to God. And I think this is the call for America, to come yes. back. Um, yes. You know, God oh. is, is coming back in all of his glory. And he's going to have an end-time harvest like never before. And so I believe this is a time of release where God is releasing his spirit upon all flesh. And I believe that God is saying that he's going to restore as he released. You know, he's going to release that confidence that people used to have in God we trust. I believe God is going to bring that confidence back to America. And and I just think that people need to cry out. You know, people that don't really know God think there's some type of great formality that we have to follow to enter in to God's uh, protection and his, is love, but it's just a a come, a gentle come, you know, come come unto ye, those who are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give them rest. And so God is a restorer. He's not a a flipper. He doesn't flip people. But what he's doing is totally restoring. You know, he's, he's, you know, um, carrying out uh, freely uh, this great, uh, transformation on the inside of us that we so desperately need, and he, yes. I believe he, he's healing people who are who have been hurt from divorce and rejection and separation and all of these things. I believe God is doing a total work, but it's a a, a work on the inside. You know, people hear about Esther and how she was prepared for the king, 
but they're always talking about the adornment. But before God adorns us, I truly believe he wants to cleanse us first. And she was cleansed. Esther went through six months of cleansing that nobody yeah. really wants to talk about. And I think this cleansing in, included um, a transformation on the inside, you know, and uh, instilling her, her, um, her, her confidence in God. You know, I think God is bringing us back to a strong confidence in him where we know that we're his people and he's our God, and we're, he wants us to experience his love, but it can only be done through intimacy. And so yeah. I believe God is bringing that back. He's bringing back the intimacy by the Holy Spirit, and God's going to have restoration of his people. But I think it can only be done as we surrender totally to him. And see, I think the people in the United States want to hold on to too many things. I think things get in the way of what God is trying to do on the inside of us because it's not offering him money all the time. But And, his, and you know, everybody wants to be a prophet or an apostle. It's not yeah. offering him our services all the time, but it's purely offering God ourselves. Yeah, and meeting him in the throne room, and it's not hard to find. You know, God's yeah. not hard to find. He's right there with all of us, even, I believe, to the sinner. God, he's just one call away. And so, you know, as they receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, God is right there. And the Lord of the harvest is seeking people out, those who need God and those whose hearts had been tendered towards God, and the Holy Spirit is seeking those people out. And I, I know God is not going to fail anybody, but we have to return to um, the intimacy, you know, and no more hiding from God with shame and, you know, trying to pretend, you know, and playing games with God. I believe that before America can shift into uh, this new uh, restored state, that God wants us to be, and I think he's going to restore, restore hearts, restore minds, you yes, know, um, and do things yes. his way. He wants to do things his way and not our way. Right. Well, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and when we get done, we are going to ask you to deliver a word from the tree of life to the bride today. Amen? Amen. Okay, here we go. reflecting your vision properly through the web? Do you have a website and maximizing on social media platform? Now listen, your online presence is as vital as your personal presence. Vision communication can help you achieve that vision. We will take your vision and creatively express it to the world. We will partner with you today to reach your perfect target audience, which is solely. Contact us today at www.govisions.us and present your vision to the world in the best way. Amen.
Okay, sister, go ahead. You have the floor. Well, praise God and thank you so much. I would just like to leave a word to the bride, and that is that God is restoring. He is restoring us back to him. Amen. Total healing, total victory. God is mending breaches, and I believe that he's going to heal us in every way, but it takes total surrender to God. Amen. So we need to let God, the bride should let God have control. You know, it's just like in, in, when you're dancing, when you do your ballroom, you do the ballroom dance or whatever, you, you have to allow your partner to lead. You know, the husband leads and the wife follows. And so I yeah. think our Father God wants to lead us. And so we need to have total submission so that he can lead us and heal us. You know, there's so much rejection and so much hurt. And, and, you know, I hear people all the time say, well, I don't go to church anymore because they offended me. You know, it's always something. But God is able to mend these things, you know. But, you know, we need to have total separation, number one, where we separate ourselves from outside interferences. And we need to get alone with God and cry out to him because he surely will answer everybody. Amen. So, you know, we need to choose to receive God back. You know, choose God. And this is what every bride needs to do. You know, sometimes we think because we're saved that that's enough. But there's more. You know, God will take you deeper in the realm of the spirit if we would but come and drop all of our, you know, other plan B's and C's and, you know, just totally surrender to him, then I know that God will restore us in every way. It's total submission that to a sovereign God, and this is a sovereign work also. I think that people somehow think God is just going to adorn, adorn, and, and do all of these things and give us might and, and power, he's given us those things, but I think people want more titles and they want position, but there has to be first a total submission to God before these things take place. And so I think we should choose the better part, you know. And the better part is the Holy Spirit. And and the Holy Spirit doesn't come alone. The Holy Spirit brings power and, and might and authority and the Holy Spirit changes you. And so I yes. think that the bride should allow God to have his way in in our lives. And, you know, it's a sovereign work of God. And just like Jesus in, in the garden, you know, it was a sovereign work. You know, when Joseph, <clears throat> Joseph was in jail, he surrendered all. And he was judged faithful. You know, Abraham was judged faithful. He left Isaac for God. And so he was judged faithful. And this is a process that we need to go through, and people just don't like how it makes them feel. Right. We live by faith and not how we feel. But, you know, I believe that the inner the inner workings are really more important than the outer. You know, the adornment comes later after the inner workings. So I think that we should submit and surrender and allow God to do what he wants to do with us, and it's just that he wants to make us blemish-free. He wants to make us grief-free, sorrow-free. You know, he doesn't want us carrying all of these burdens. 
You know, we sit at his feet and receive the better part of God. You know, I think that we would carry his fullness more. People would walk around with the fullness of God. They, we would really be total, totally new creations. We wouldn't know what hit us. So we should right. desire the better part. Desire the yes, better part. Lord. Hallelujah. So God really wants to garnish and adorn us, but he wants to... Um, he wants to deliver us first, amen? And, you know, we need to submit to him not only to be cleansed and to be um, delivered, but also so that we can have peace, you know, peace and, and patience. You know, there's a lot of fruits of the Spirit that we don't walk in because God has not really been able to apply them to us because we don't give him that time. You know, we live in a microwave society and we want everything now. Yeah, yeah. We we some things you you just need to wait on, wait on the Lord. And I I know that we're believing that um, Amos nine thirteen has become alive uh, to the church and to us in this hour. And Amos nine thirteen talks about, behold, the days are coming when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grace. Him that you know, in other words, harvest the the harvest is going to come before the planting. And we believe that we're living in those days now where God is doing a quick work. And so I think when people think about uh, the end times and, you know, what God is going to do with the church, and I think we're thinking of a slow process. But God has assured us, according to uh, Amos 9.13, that he's going to accelerate everything that we can even – you know, even ask him for everything is accelerated and increase. Yeah. He's going to increase all that we invest in the kingdom, every investment that we make in the kingdom, whether it was money or time or ministry. He's going to increase that according to Amos 9.13. And, and, and favor, amen, favor is, is God is just cranking it out like a well-oiled machine. Favorite. <laughs> Come on, people. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. But see, you have to be in a certain position in God to receive oh, it. Everybody's yeah. trying to receive this without the cleansing. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's just that simple and that quick. But God yeah. is coming to repair and to restore and to heal. That's all God wants to do. He's pouring on the healing balm on his people. You know, people uh, think God yeah. is a mean God. He's not a mean God. God wants to increase and restore. And I believe the end time harvest, and it, I believe it's here now, and I believe that he's restoring and he's recycling. Well, I don't even think he's recycling. He's transforming his people into who he knows they can be, who he's called them to be. And and he's also strengthening the bride, garnishing her and adorning her. But these come uh, after the the restoration. You have to be restored and repaired and fixed, you know, because I don't want to keep the the weaknesses that I have. I want to be strong. You know, the Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And a lot of us are going to find out just like I did, that I'm trying to be strong in my own, within my own uh, abilities. And so, God, I I believe in this uh, end-time harvest, he's going to teach us how to 
to depend solely on him and not of our own strength, you know. But, you know, that scripture that says some, um, you know, lean on chariots and horses, but we will lean on and depend on our sovereign God because all of the yes. strength comes from him. You know, everything that, that that's strong and true, you know, even true, <clears throat> all of these things come from God, and so we need to stop depending on ourselves and depend more on him and trust God yes. with everything. You know, our future and our hope is in, in God. And he yes, tells Lord. us that he, he'll he never leave us or forsake us. And so, you know, we have to trust God and believe him, you know, and just believe that this is what he wants for us. See, we can't, some of us won't believe it because we don't really know him. Yeah. And so we need to allow God to do a sovereign act in our life, a sovereign move of God on the inside of us. And I think we will take uh, if I can say, take the bull, bull by the horns and put this this country back the way it should have been, we'll know how to pray more, pray more effectively, and we'll uh, understand, we'll hear by the Spirit the different issues that we need to attack and, um, you know, put before the Lord so that the Lord can not only change situations but change the heart of evil men. Because we, we know, you know, we pray for the president's salvation. We pray for everybody that they yes. come to know the Lord, you know. Yes, and Lord. so, you know, the, the United States needs to go through this, uh, this process of restoration. And I know that yes. God won't, he won't, uh, let us down. He's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. And yes. he needs to establish righteousness on the inside of us, and not only us, but the world. He needs to, you know, take the blinders off because he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So we need to go through cleansing and purging of all things, and you know, these things that defile us because you can, you know, it's so easy to become defiled in this day and age. You know, a wrong TV show can defile us. You know, yes. listening to the wrong conversation defiles us. And yes. so we need to allow God to elevate us, not only in our position in the spirit, but elevate our thinking so that we'll be washed and cleansed, you know, by the washing of the water of the word. And we won't yield when we see something wrong on TV. We'll get up and shut it off, you know. And yes, not come just, on now. now Walking in holiness. Yes, Lord. Absolutely. Walking, thank you, walking in holiness. And yes. so we don't, you know, when you walk in holiness, you're not tempted and you don't yield and compromise and say, oh, well, that's, that's all that's on TV today. So we need to get up and learn how to shut it off. Come on. I, I think, yeah, and I think this is part of the being ready or the, 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 the ready surrender that yes. we need to all participate in. And so that the fullness of, of Christ can be um, exposed in our life so that yes. we can harvest souls. We can't harvest souls if we're painted ourselves and manipulated Amen. by the tactics of men, especially on TV. You know, you see see so much that's not right. And so we need to be established 
in something more, something better. Yeah. You know, really yeah. and truly, I think, and I, I, what I, what I believe is that we're really just going back to our original state. You know, like back mm-hmm. in the garden, there, yeah. there was none of all of this corruption, and this is how God intended for it to be. And I yeah. think sometimes we can we can get so worldly that we think it's okay because if it was, you know, if it's not supposed to be like this, God would change it, but we have to change it. Yeah. You know, God is, is giving us more, yeah, so we can change. And so I believe that's why God is accelerating and increasing in this hour, things around us, and he's accommodating change. So that, And that God is making it so easy for the bride to become changed. And it's no Aww. excuse. You know, God is, is transforming us, and he's restoring us back to our original uh, position in Christ Jesus. And yes. so God will give us our, he's going to give us our expected end according to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, he understands what we're going through. He sees things, but he's given us a future and a hope, and, but we're not trusting in that. We're not trusting in his word and in his promises, but God will give us our expected end. And so, and it's going to be exactly what we want. It's going to be exactly what we expected, you know, after the transformation, after he transformed um, our lives, transformed our thinking, you know, our heart's desire. Because this is, we don't desire the right things. You know, we desire these things of the world. I believe that the world has more of an impact on us than we really know. You know, it's like I said, one wrong TV show can take our minds backwards. You know, one wrong look on that Internet. You know, I, I've, I've talked to people who says that they're, they were just looking at the, the Internet and then something fl- flashed on their screen, you know, some kind of pornography. And so I think people are trying to fix it where we're going to get pornography in our homes and in front of our eyes one way or another. But I know that God in his sovereign way is is helping us so that we can pray a, a hedge and a guard around everything that we own, everything that we do. You know, you know our computers are com- uh, protected, our TVs are protected, our ears and our eyes are protected. We we need to move and I think God is taking the church in that area, in that direction yes. where we're gonna learn how to sanctify everything that concerns yes. us. And our children, our grandchildren, every every uh place that their feet tread is gonna be holy ground and protected. This divine order and this divine protection over everything that we own, everything that's dear to us. And I think yes. God is going to teach us how to do it through this transformation and, yes. and restoration. So we I need see. to be ready for that. You know, everybody's, you know, saying be ready for Jesus when he comes. But, you know, it's like what are we going to do in the meantime? We're not ready. We need yeah, to get I ready. Yeah, and so I my see. word to the bride is to be ready. You know, that your families, you know, and everything, everyone that you uh, hold dear in your heart, they need to be ready. And so this can happen. It's not a real, real big thing because God in his sovereign act is so uh, able, he's so able, 
to make these things happen in such a quick and short time and and it's not it's not um hard for us see we don't have to do all these things all we need to do is allow God to do them so we have to first yes. surrender totally to him amen yes amen so, total surrender hallelujah that is a good so I, word for the bride good word i know you're not done but that is a good word for the bride, total surrender, because the Lord, the judgment that God is bringing to the earth is just because he loves his people. He wants to woo his bride back, you know, like right. whip them a little bit and bring them back, but it's all based off of love like we do with our children. Absolutely. You know? Yes. If you you have a wayward child, you know, and you're praying for their salvation and for them to come home, um, you know, we need to do like the the son, you know, the, uh, what is it? I'm, I'm, prodigal son. I'm, I'm, yeah, the prodigal, thank you. The prodigal yeah. son. His father didn't preach him into the, you know, because sometimes we we turn them off. And sometimes they're reluctant to return. The prodigal is reluctant to come back because they think that they know, and it's pretty much true that they're going to be hit with all of this, you know, fussing and you shouldn't have done this, this preaching at people. But, you yeah. know, God wants us to mimic uh, the prodigal son's father. It says that he ran toward him when he saw him coming, greeted him with a kiss. And when the son repented and said, Father, I have, you know, sinned against you, and against heaven, you know, he just kissed him, and he he let him know that all was forgiven, and he gave him a party. And so we need to come to the party, you know, invite more people to the party instead of uh, all of this judgment. Now, I'm not against judgment because sometimes, you know, in this new microwave age, that America is in, I'm hearing a lot of people who backslide say that the church is judging them all the time. And there is yeah. a judgment There is a judgment that uh, believers should stand in and say that's wrong and not compromise. But yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, that kind of judgment. But when I, you know, sometimes we harshly judge those who wander off. And, yeah, it does um, make you... Uh, angry and it upsets you, but we have to walk in love, receive God's love, and God, you know, will cause that love to be shed abroad in our hearts. And so, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And so, I believe this is another reason why God is calling the the bride back to surrender, uh, yeah. so that we can be transformed in our hearts, so that we'll know how to uh, give love and allow that love to come from God, from heaven, and to be shared abroad in our hearts. And this is what true love, agape love is. You know, yeah. it's in your heart. It's a state of your heart. It's it's not words and it's not um, judgment or, you know, it's, it's just sovereign love and not this fake stuff. You know, and then a week later you're, you're running them back out the door again, but this is unconditional love. And I'm telling you, sinners know true the true love of God yes, when, they, they do. when they see yes, it. They, they know do. it. Yes. And I think God is imparting. That's part of our cleansing and transformation, I believe, um, you know, for the bride 
is to be cleansed of, of um, wrong thinking and, and allowing our hearts to condemn us and other people. I believe we're being restored from that so that we will know how to shed the love of Christ abroad in our hearts. You know, it has to be in there first before it's yeah. shed abroad. So I believe God is doing that part of God's ter- total work and total cleansing, total transformation. I think it's part of his purifying process for the bride is to give us more mercy, grace, and more love so that we'll know the Father's love and so that we'll know how to um, give that love. You know, just like the prodigal's father, he just gave him a party and he accepted him back into the beloved. And I think we need to go there first before we can give that to anybody. And yeah. so I believe that God is going to do a sovereign work to the bride, not only the bride, the families of the bride. Everybody's going to come together on one accord and usher. Then we can usher in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. And I, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen before. I don't yeah. see how it can because Jesus is the bridegroom, and He's right, coming right. back for the bride. You know who is cleansed and you know, not spot or wrinkle, and this is the process, and everybody's trying to avoid it, but it's it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Yeah. And so, you know, the, uh, the bride will be shown off in its glorious state. You know, the glorious church is the bride that's been restored. And so I think people pick up a lot of terms and pick up a lot of words that they hear, but they don't actually want to go through the process. And so I believe in this hour God is is letting us know not to try to um, dodge the process and and don't get angry at the process. Girl, you are preaching right on it. Come on now. Amen. We have had preachers preach that. Trust God in the process. Yes. Amen. Yeah, trust him in the process for the cleansing and the restoration. Amen. Because, see, we're used to doing what we want to do so much so that any kind of conflict or any kind of upset or unrest, we think it's the devil and we try to find it. And then when it doesn't go anywhere, we get depressed and we fall away from God. But, you know, we need to have... um, uh, you know, a ready mind. I think yeah. that's what's missing from the body of Christ, a ready mind, so that we can be like the children of Issachar. You know, they knew times and seasons of the Lord. And so, you know, we need to know by the Spirit that this is a time of cleansing and a time of purification and a time of restoration, transformation. We need to know by the Spirit what's, what's happening. You know, but yeah. I think we're, we're so out of sorts and so much away from God, even more than we understand, that we, um, you know, we adapt more readily to the things of the world than we do the things of the Spirit. And so I, I believe that God is, is calling his people back. So I think that people are, are really becoming wise to the fact that this is a process that the body of Christ is going through so that, that we can prepare ourselves to go out and and harvest souls. You know, we have to get right before we can make things right 
in the world. So it's a process, and we really need to allow God to, you know, uh, replace our fragility and uh, replace our weaknesses with strength and power, you know, and and so that we can go out and do great and mighty deeds, and they won't be done, uh, you know, being separated and not on one accord. And so the the body of Christ needs to be on one accord, and I believe that this process that we're going through also uh, puts us uh, more as a unified body. And, you yes. know, because we're getting the worldly things, getting the pur- we're being purged of the worldly things, yes. purged of the wrong thinking, you know, the stinking thinking. We're being yes. purged of the selfishness. And it's trying to get all the money that we can make and have the finer things and praying, praying for houses and cars, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. but I think everything has a place. And so, you know, I think if we called on uh, the giver and get to know the giver, then I think you can have anything you want, anything that you need. God will give it to you yeah. if you know him. And so, you know, I think that the the bride has to lead um, lead the world and lead uh, become unified before we can lead the world. And so, we need to stop hiding ourselves from God and and totally surrender to Him, so that we can uh, bring this world back, bring America back to where she yeah. should be. You know. Yeah. It's a, we have a strong nation. We were always strong because of God. It wasn't because of the oil or, you know, any of those things, but it was because of a unified body, you know, uh, trusting Amen. God. And God we trust, you know, and, and uh, on one accord with the yes. same ideals and the same uh, wants and the same, you know, it was for uh, family. I think when I was a little girl coming up in the 50s and 60s, you know, uh, what I can look back and see is that family was the strong unit and the strong thing that everybody uh, was striving for. It was a strong family unit. And through the years I've seen it break down so terribly. And I, I I know that God wants to uh, fix that, and yeah. he's going to fix it. But we need to come back to him and, and just surrender to him and stop trying to do things our way. You know, it's, it's so sad when you see, you know, young girls and young people who are out there trying to, to make it in the, um, in the world of, of uh, rap and, you know, they start off in the church singing, and then they all of a sudden they want to go sing for the world, and it's just so sad uh-huh. to see, yeah, to see their priorities uh, compromised because of what they see in the world. It's all all about money and yeah. you know, get rich quick, getting everything so quickly. But I know that uh, the bride will answer the call, and the call is to come home, to come back and to get prepared to get right before God so that we can, you know, get things back on on track in this country. And so, yeah. you know, God, he, he, he has eternal greatness, and he wants to give it to us. And so we have to be a willing bride and, you know, uh, let him love us. You know, it, the Bible says God loves us with an everlasting love. Yeah. You know, and he so he's gonna fix us. 
you know, because we need to value him and value yes. his love and value the gifts of the spirit. You know, everybody wants the the, the power gifts. You know, everybody wants to, to be the five. <laughs> but what about yeah. peace, love, joy, you know, uh, the, the gifts through, that we can receive through the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, yeah. How about power, love, and a sound mind? These things, they're so... They're so important. If you don't have these things, you can't be an apostle or prophet or preacher, teacher. You know, you can't be all of those things if you don't have some fruit following you. You know, fruit yeah. is so important, and it, but it starts on the inside of you. Peace and long suffering, love. You know, all these things start on the inside. You know, and it it we we start to walk in the fruit through transformation. You know, through purification through uh, edifying God and being built up in the Lord and and through the cleansing and and getting rid of unrighteousness and and even unrighteous um, thoughts and, and, you know, things that we desire, unrighteous desires. You know, you you see your neighbor with a new car and you start desiring it in your heart. And see, those kind of things, we need to be delivered from that because those kind of things, although... They might not be bad sins, but they're sin. It's sin. Yeah. And, but we don't look at it like that because it's such a small thing, but I think we don't look at it because it's such a common thing. It's such a common thing to desire something that's not yours yeah. or to want yeah. everything that you see. And see, this is yeah. how the devil gets over on the Christians because he'll say, oh, that's not so bad. God wants you to have one too. And God does, but in his timing. You know, He God can't possibly give us everything that we see, and, and, you know, and we want it. He's trying to change that. And so I believe if we submit to God and just cry out to him and just, you know, obey uh, the scriptures and, and just do the best that we can do and just make room for God and not be bitter in the process, but to open up to God so that he can give us his best. You know, we need to want to give him back our best. And so, you know, to give God our best, we need to allow him to give us his best. Yes, and so that I believe there's hope and there's um, our expected end. I think there's much blessing and and uh there's a i think our assignments is uh, are wrapped up in all of this uh cleansing and transformation how do we know how do we get our marching orders if we can't hear the voice of god clearly right and so so much depends on us allowing ourselves to humble be humble before the lord so much depends on us going to god you know, with our whole hearts and and with a ready mind so that we can uh, learn how to set our mind above things, the things that are above and not the things that are below. But, you know, get our our old man uh, or that old nature, get that nature subdued for once and for all and to walk in the newness of life, walking out of that new man. You know, a yeah. lot of people talk about that, but you know they don't. You know they don't operate out of the new man. They still operate out of the old man. Because when you desire stuff all the time, that's your old man in control. 
And so, you know, God made us in his image. We're made in the image of God. And so um, these are the things that really qualify us to be end-time warriors, Um, you know, being uh, led by the Spirit and walking, being taught to walk in the Spirit and um, setting your mind on things above and not things of this world, walking higher than uh, the world walks and not desire the things that the world desires. This is what the bride is. This is where God has taken the bride. Yeah. You, know, you, can't, you can't be the end-time bride and usher in, uh, you know, and prepare soldiers for the end-time battle if you are operating out of your own nature. It just won't happen. And I believe this is what God is doing in this hour right now, He's restoring people back to him. He's restoring hearts and restoring minds. And I think he's making wannabes not wannabes. You know, he's changing the hearts and the minds of the people and changing their desires so that they'll desire him and him only. And be oh, God first. Need- Amen. That goes back to him being first. a jealous God, you know. Yes. Absolutely. And so God is really uh, calling the bride to do more than just be adorned, (laughs) you know, with all of these jewels and all of the gifts of the Spirit and, and, you know, the, the promotions and all of these things, positions. But God is purging and cleansing his bride, you know, because think about Jesus. He was crucified. He was crucified so that we could take on his attributes. And so I don't think that's doing what, that's not doing Calvary uh, a lot of justice if we think we can just be harvested the way we are, you know, and work, yeah. for, work for God in a big way. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so I believe God Amen. is coming, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, and it, and it means just that. We need to put off former, the former conduct yes. and be renewed in the, in the spirit of our mind. And this is, I think this is where God's taken the, the, the bride, the church, so that we can think higher and, and so that we um, can have the knowledge and the patience and the wisdom to, uh, you know, uh, be an effective witness, that, that's what it's all about. It's about what's yeah. on the inside of you. It's not about, you know, the, you know, what you look like in the latest fashions. But, you know, it's about what's on the inside of you that's going to change the hearts of men. And so yeah. we need to trust God to do his job because, you know, we first need to know that God is a good God. He's Amen. a good God. Yes, he is. And I know if he wasn't a good God, the devil wouldn't have gotten so mad at Oral Roberts when that one statement he made, God is a good God, which is pretty much the theme for his ministry. And yes. when he preached God is a good God, he was persecuted so much in his in this country for saying that God is a good God. So I like to look at whatever makes the devil mad. We need to do it more. We need to say it more and believe it. 
Yeah. And so God is a good God, you know. And so I think this is all in preparing uh, for the bridegroom, is to know that our Father God is a good God and that he loves us and there is nothing that he won't do for us. But we, And we need to be ready. The bride needs to be ready. People in the earth need to be ready and not be like the foolish virgins who allowed their candles to burn out. But stay on fire for God and not quit. You know, whatever you're doing, if some people feel like, well, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do, I, I need, I, you know, I, I don't know what else I can do. Well, keep doing what you know to do. Keep doing it. You know, if you're giving into the ministries to help ministries, you know, keep doing it. Don't stop. Just keep doing. Keep doing what you know to do. And the Bible, uh, I was preaching the other day about having done all to stand. And this is what standing means. It means that you don't quit, but you continue to do what you know to do. And you take that stand and you don't bow and you don't quit. You don't, you know, you don't wimp out to stand. You know, you take a stand in, in the spirit realm and you don't back down, you know, because of something new that the world is doing or some new idea that the world is introducing. But you don't bow to these things. You continue to hold up God's uh, moral banner. You know, there's a moral stance that we all should take in this in this country, and I believe that's why it's so broken down. Uh, morality is, is not where it should be. It's because so many people stop flying that banner, that bloodstained banner, but they've come into agreement with what they see going on in the in the in the natural because they feel like it's um, it you know we can't one person can't make a difference or it's too you know it's too bad it's too many bad things happening in the world but I think it starts with each individual holding up the bloodstained banner taking a stand for the things of God in the earth. Because one can put a thousand a flight and, you know, two can put ten thousand a flight. So it's not just when you stand by yourself, you're not by yourself. Because the Holy Spirit is standing with you and he has so many people, you know, um, that are standing with you just because you don't see it or feel it doesn't mean that it's not there. And so you have to trust in the scriptures and what God has told us, that one can put a thousand to flight and that there, uh, God has much people in the city. Those who are with us are more than those who are against us. We have to trust in these things. We have to trust in what God is telling us and trust the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, people ridiculed him and they came against him. And they didn't want him in the church. They kicked him out of there. And everywhere that he went, he was rejected. But, see, we don't want to uh, feel these things. But it's okay. You know, it's okay because we're not alone. Jesus Amen. had all power. Yeah, he had all power. Yes, and so, Lord. And so do we. We have to trust in what we know. And that's part of taking a stand is trusting in what you know and in what you believe. And when you do that, you find out that you're not alone, that God has many people in the city, 
and he is doing a, a end-time work, and we are part of it. And so we need to try to fall in and allow God to do what he's doing uh, his way and not try to understand everything, but just, you know, carry your corner. And this is what the Lord told me when he first put me in ministry. He told me to just stay humble and carry my corner. And that's all he told me, but I, I started to understand what he meant about that. And it's don't go off trying to be more than what he's told me to be. Because he told me that he makes people great right where they are. And so you don't have to ambush someone else's position or someone else's gift or, you know, just be who you are. Be who God made us to be. Yeah. And just operate in your, uh, in your power and in your authority, in your corner where he put you, where he positioned you. Because yeah. positioning is so important in this in this uh, walk with God. It's very important where he puts you. You know, he told Abraham to leave father and mother, go to a place that you know not. But, see, we like to be comfortable. We like yeah. to think that we're in authority where we are and that we can dominate or rule where we are. But if God puts you in a specific position, he he is more than able to uh, equip us with what we need to carry out that position where he puts us, and so we don't we don't need to be so concerned about you know who's an apostle, who's a prophet, who's a this and who's a that, and be who God made us and operate from that position because right. we are in a position of authority with Jesus Christ seated in heavenly places. And so, you know, we need to operate like that. And from that that um, high position of authority and don't worry about in the natural with the, you know, the titles and what other people are doing and, or what God has them doing. Everybody has their own marching papers. And so we need yeah. to stay true to who we are, stay true to God, stay true to who we are, and allow God above all, the bright must allow God to have his way. In, in our lives. We have to. Because if not, there won't be a glorious church for Jesus to come back to. And well, so that's why the bride... this ministry, that's why this ministry uh, I think is so vital because we stress that everybody has a mission from God. Everybody has their own specific pers- purpose. And, what, and God's yes. written their book before time began, and he has a plan. But the thing is, if they don't trust his plan and his pen, and they want to take somebody else's pen that God meant for their book, their destiny is not going to be fulfilled, and they're going to be limited. Brad, I pray that you hear this. Listen, we don't have time to be jealous. We don't have time to seek after other people's garments or to seek after other people's missions. Listen. God, I just interviewed a woman that's a prophetic artist. That's her gift. You know, if you can't draw, don't try to do her gift. You know, do whatever it is that God's called you to. Now, sister, we've run out of time. So what I'm going to do is uh, ask the bride, if y'all would please, uh, come in agreement with me and let's pray for her and her family and her ministry. And then, sister, I would love for you to pray for the bride and just whatever the Holy Spirit gives you. 
So, Lord, we just all Amen. come together in agreement right now for Sister Pastor Camp, Lord. We pray, God, for all of the blessings that you mean for her, Lord. The bride comes together in agreement, and we're saying, Go forth, you mighty woman of God, doing and being everything that God has called you to be, fulfilling the specific mission that God has called you to. We come together in agreement for God to just download all of the tools and strategies that she is going to need to accomplish the mission that you have designed for her, allowing her to hear clearly your voice, to be led by the Spirit, uh, bringing angels, a host of angels to come down and to minister to her, minister to her family, to ward off the demonic spirits that would try to hold her back from accomplishing the mission that she has, Lord. We just pray a shield of protection around her, Lord, and we just pray, God, that you send people to help her, to hold up her arms, people that would minister with her, beside her, to help her to be all that you have designed for her to be, Lord. We thank you for her life. We thank you for where you have brought her from. We thank you for the revelation of the Holy Spirit that you have given her, and now she's able to affect thousands of people, thousands of people, Lord, because you have brought her to this place where she's been able to come on the broadcast and to tell the world what you have imparted into her for the bride, Lord. I pray that the bride receives the seed that she has implanted today about us taking up our armor and us being what God has called us to be and to release and let go of the baggage that has tried to hold us back from our destiny, Lord, so that we can be all that we can be and that's the pure and spotless bride that you have called us to be the true bride, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for her being on this broadcast today. Lord, we pray for her family, that every one of them, Lord, we pray for strength in the love in their family, Lord, increasing in every area, Lord, increasing their finances, Lord, increasing the favor upon the city, Lord, favor with government, Lord, favor with other pastors so that she can accomplish the mission of the watchman, Lord, so that she can accomplish everything that this vision has called to come to pass, Lord, and that is through favor with other leaders, Lord, in the city, Lord, so that she can take that city and we come together in agreement over Cleveland, Ohio, and Toledo, Ohio, Lord. Tearing down every stronghold, tearing down every bondage, we call that land for Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You created this land, and we're calling it to you. In Jesus' name, we give you honor and glory today, Lord, for what you have done in her life, what you are doing in her family's life, Lord, and where you're taking them to, Lord. I thank you that eyes have not even seen what we're about to see, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for her being in the army and marching forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, sister, if you could pray for the bride, we'd appreciate it. Amen. Well, Father, I pray for the bride. And, Lord, I pray that the bride would submit all. Yes. Release everything, all of our plans, all of our hopes, and all of our dreams, that we would release them to you, Lord God. And, Father, I pray that we would submit to you 
and to your plan, Father God, and trust in your plan. So, Father, that we would be strong witnesses for you, Lord, that we would submit to your authority and to your plan for our lives so that we would be true servants, Lord. Give a servant's heart. Give the bride a servant's heart. Yes. So that we will become the glorious church. Yes, Father. So, Father, don't let us be uh, foolish like the foolish bride, but, Father, let us hear that word ready. Get ready. Be ready. Lord, we want to be ready. And we want to allow you to fix us and repair us and restore us, Father, to be the glorious bride that you want us to be with no more vulnerability, Lord, not being moody or being, uh, uh, in other words, no more persecuted church. We are not the persecuted church anymore, Lord. We're not vulnerable anymore. We're not fearful anymore. But we are wise. And so, Lord, I thank you for causing the bride to stand up, to rise up and be healed through revelation and through the love of God and be wise and not foolish. And, Father, I thank you that we submit to you as we prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ that we would turn this nation around, turn America around. But we open up our hearts to you, Lord, not being foolish anymore and not taking things for granted. But, Father, that we would submit to you and trust your word and and follow your leading, Lord, like a a bridegroom um, leading the bride. We will submit and be led by your spirit, Father, for the greater cause. And we thank you, Father, and we bless you, Lord, for what you're doing, that we'll no longer be strangers of you, Lord, but we'll be intimate with you without distractions, without distractions of the world, but setting aside time for you, Lord, so that you can take us up, Father, in a cloud of glory and teach us by your spirit and let us experience spirit life, Father so that we'll enjoy the rest of the time that's spent here and learn to walk in the Spirit and not be in the flesh, Father, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds and our hearts so that we'll be used in this end time and have victory and, and have life everlasting. And we thank and praise you, Father, and we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank we you. We bless you. Yes, Amen. Lord. Well, sister, thank you so much for being with us today, and we pray that uh, God really blesses you and your family, and we'll be excited to hear what God's going to do in your city. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister June. It was just an honor and a, a privilege to meet you, and i be honest with you, I've been excited ever since I've met you. And so I feel like God's doing great things, great things through you. And I'm just praying, you know, everywhere that you go, I'm being excited to to follow you on the road and, you know, pray for your needs to be met and and so that, you know, you can just, um, you know, be used by God in every way. And so I just thank you so much for coming to our ministry and, and putting that excitement back in our lives. Thank you so much, Sister June. We appreciate you. You're very welcome. I was very impressed because uh, the staff that y'all had there was so helpful. 
I mean, they were all, everybody knew their part. I mean, even the people that were doing the tables, yeah. all the books and the tables, the cleaning, the cameramen, the people that did the sound, the people in the back, you know, just yeah. everybody was so well organized. I was so impressed. I'm very honored to know y'all, too. And I just speak blessings into Ohio and Michigan and what, uh, Apostle Williams is trying to do there. I really admire it, you know. Thank you so much. Yes, it's yes. just awesome. We're going to see Detroit come back. You know, people have oh, all of this, these things they're saying about, you know, the demonic statue. But God told us that Detroit would be known as the Zion of the Great Lakes. And so we're holding fast that confession and that belief that Detroit, Michigan, will be known as the Zion of the Great Lakes. And so we just thank you again, and and we just, we're excited for you to come back. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but yeah, I would love to know what you mean by Zion of the Great Lakes, because I do understand that about the lake being around it. Well, the, the Zion, I believe that God is saying that, that Detroit, Michigan is going to go back to the to the roots to its roots, oh. you know, there's a, there's a lot of gospel that came out of Detroit, Michigan. You know, everybody that sang for Motown started in the church. Aretha Franklin, I'll give you that example. Yeah. Supreme, Smokey Robinson, and we're seeing that in the natural now. People are turning their hearts back to the Lord, and so there's a lot of uh, ministry that came out of Detroit, Michigan. Even uh, the, the starting Henry Ford with the Model T Ford came right out of Michigan, and he had Christian values. He was a Christian, and he, he you know, could have sold his cars to the rich people only, but he took a stand, and he says, no. He says, I'm not going to do that. He told these rich men that had a meeting with him, and he says, I'm going to work hard and make a car for the average family man because they too deserve to drive in a nice vehicle and so he refused the, the yeah so he refused the rich um yeah he refused that uh option to just make cars for the wealthy man and Aww. he said he was going to you know make uh sure that every man could afford a car and so, you know, godly principles, you know, everything, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. Ford Motor Company and Chrysler and all of these, and the, this, they pioneered us as far as um, automation and, and not automation, but, you know, um, yeah. you know, transportation and all of these things. A lot yeah. came out of Detroit, Michigan. And then at one point, like about 15 years ago, it was known as the murder capital of the world. And people oh, have wow. a wrong idea, a wrong idea of, of Detroit because they forget what De- Detroit once offered this country. Yes, if it wasn't yes. for Detroit, this country would not have been built up on the principle that it's built up on, especially, especially economically. You know, yeah. a lot of yeah. economics came and wealth came out of there. So God is going to make Detroit, give it back its position, its rightful position in the earth. And we're going to see a lot of ministry come out of that city like we once did. And it's not going to be perverted, not be perverted by rhythm and blues and all of these things. 
But it's going to be on on one accord with the bride. I believe that Detroit is going to be leading because it's already number one in real estate. You know, I know that there's a lot. People lost more more houses there than anywhere when the auto industry collapsed. But we're seeing even right now uh, the real estate market came back first in Detroit than any other place. But you never hear about that. And then there's people who are going back to Detroit by the numbers every day, opening up uh, restaurants and shops and reforming downtown. And so it's going to be known as the Zion of the Great Lakes. We're going to see much ministry and much turnaround, much uh, many impressive things that's going to last forever coming out of Detroit, Michigan, because the devil has robbed it so much. And so, you know, we're we're standing on that and we're believing it and it's happening right now. But, you know, it's easy for people to label and Detroit has been labeled. And so I believe God is going to change that. And he, um, yes, you well, know, he's changing it for now. Uh, when, I was in Michigan, when I was in Michigan after I left y'all, uh, we had a Michigan roundtable where we had a bunch of apostles and prophets come together to talk to the bride. Uh-huh. I cannot wait for this this broadcast to air. And uh, but they was talking about that how they're really believing God that and they're hearing from God that He is going to restore Detroit and that as Detroit yes. goes, so goes America. Now, when I rode Amen. through Detroit, yeah, when I rode through Detroit three months ago, I am from Nashville, Tennessee, and, you know, we're a pretty prosperous town. And so uh, right. we rode through there with a, mi- a missions group, and I was like, oh, my God. I was just weeping like I've never seen such utter destruction. And then when I interviewed that man, uh, the one from the Packard plant, that Hill guy, uh, he was telling me, you know, the way Detroit goes, so goes America. So I left his interview, and I was weeping again. I was like, Lord, this is so sad because it is a reflection of what our nation looks like. I mean, if you think about it. So, yes, I I want in my heart to agree with you and all of Michigan that Detroit will be restored. That land was created by God, and we refuse for the devil to take another inch of it. And, look, I'm so thankful for you and Apostle Williams for y'all having the heart for Detroit and for y'all going up there and speaking into the atmosphere, taking dominion and authority. Let's pray for it right now. In the name of Jesus, Amen. the bride, we all come together in agreement over Detroit. We claim Detroit for Jesus, and we say yes. you cannot have another inch. We draw the line in the sand. Yes. We're coming together in agreement with all of the spiritual authority in the state of Michigan and in Ohio. Yes. Take Detroit back in Jesus' name, calling forth all the yes. hosts of from heaven to come down and to fight the spiritual warfare over that land to take it back for God's glory. 
That is God's land, and we uh, shall proclaim it for him in Jesus' name. We thank the Lord. Like they said, we come together in agreement with Apostle William and Pastor Camp, Lord, that that is the glory of Zion is being restored to that land. And we thank you and give you praise, Lord. It shall be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, so we are coming from a pretty prosperous town, but, you know, if we, I was, did a broadcast from Detroit to tell the world what I saw, you know, from an outside point of view, I interviewed the homeless, I interviewed pastors, you know, and did a two-hour radio broadcast from Detroit, and I was telling the world, please, please, if you don't do nothing else, pray for Detroit. We have got yeah. to love our neighbors. If we accept Absolutely. what is done here, how can we expect God to move in our own town? You know, Absolutely. type of deal. So, yes, we're coming together in agreement with you. Okay, sister, you have a Thank great day. So God much. bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you, Pastor June. I love you and keep I doing what you you're doing. doing. All right. Thank I'll take y'all soon. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you.